Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Flyers Daily for Sunday, March 20th, as the Flyers get set this afternoon at 2 o'clock to take on the New York Islanders at Wells Fargo Center. That'll be before the Flyers head out on a five-game road trip, beginning Tuesday in Detroit, then to St. Louis, Colorado, Nashville, and Minnesota. But the real big story when it comes to the Flyers and really the NHL right now is the NHL trade deadline. And Chuck Fletcher had a busy day yesterday, placing forward Jerry Mayhew on waivers for uh, the purpose of reassigning him to the Lehigh Valley Phantoms if he goes unclaimed. And the Flyers also loaned forward Ryan Fitzgerald to their AHL affiliate, Lehigh Valley Phantoms. But that's not the big news. The big news is that a Claude Giroux trade has happened. It is now culminated as the Flyers send Giroux, a couple players, Connor Bunneman and German Rupsev, to the end of fifth round pick in the 24 draft from the Flyers to the Florida Panthers in exchange for forward Owen Tippett, a 2024 first-round pick, and a third-round pick in the 2023 NHL entry draft. And uh, the deal is done. Claude Giroux is now a member of the Florida Panthers, and uh, he will be on that expiring contract there, making a push for Lord Stanley's Cup. The Bunneman and Rubsev part of it clears a couple contracts, so the Flyers can presumably use those to sign some players to an entry-level deal, most notably possibly Bobby Brink and Noah Cates. So we'll see how that part of the equation plays out. But they get uh, the player they get is Owen Tippett, who was drafted back in the 2017 NHL entry draft, 10th overall by the Panthers. He's played in 94 NHL games to this point with 14 goals, 19 assists, and 33 points. 12 games last uh, this season rather with the Charlotte Checkers of the AHL, 6 goals, 12 assists, and 18 points in those 12 games. Uh, a bigger framed guy that can skate up, skate well. He's a good skater, has a good release, but has not put it together at the NHL level just yet. So that's part of the equation here in this exchange for Claude Giroux. You know, my first thought, the word, if I could use a word to describe the, the Giroux trade to Florida and what the Flyers got in return is it's underwhelming. I wasn't expected to be overwhelmed. Um, I didn't think that they would get a haul. I know some people thought they would get a haul in this exchange. Uh, I would have preferred a more closer to NHL-ready prospect than the 2024 first-round pick that the Flyers got because that's, I mean, that's still two drafts away after this one. So, you know, it doesn't help you in in any way immediately unless you were to use it as currency uh, to do something for your team now. But the value on that probably isn't extremely high because it's all the way in 2024. Uh, but Chuck Fletcher in this situation didn't have much leverage. It was pretty widely known that Claude Giroux wanted to go to Florida. Claude Giroux, at some point, I think, probably got to the point where it was only Florida. When, as a person, you know, you make up your mind, you want to go somewhere, you see yourself there, and you're probably not going to, you know, expand your list at that point. And the general manager of the Panthers, Bill Zito, they know this information as well. And he's not going to drive up the price against himself. We saw a lot of the stuff coming out that Colorado's offer being better. And again, that's all noise and jockeying in a negotiation. And that's what a trade is. So I wasn't expecting to be overwhelmed. I would have preferred, obviously, to have another player instead of the 2024 pick. Uh, But again, uh, Chuck Fletcher didn't have a lot of hand here. And this isn't the general manager not playing his hand or playing his hand incorrectly. He just didn't have it. When you don't have the goods because you don't have the ability to negotiate with other teams, then it's it's pretty tough situation to be in for a general manager. And with that considered, they got what they got.
and um, Giroux gets the destination that he wanted to go to, something he had earned with having that full no-move clause. So Giroux, uh, the Drew era is officially over as he's a member of the Panthers, and uh, we'll see Owen Tippett, I would imagine, in the lineup this week for the Flyers. Chuck Fletcher, uh, in the press release, said that basically he's a guy that can come in and help their team right away. Here's what he had to say about Owen Tippett. He said, we're very excited to have Owen join our team as a young forward who already has NHL experience and will bring power, speed, and skill to our group. He is someone we expect to fit into our lineup immediately. So we'll get our first-hand look at or, uh, at uh, Owen Tippett coming up here in the next couple of days, uh, possibly as soon as Tuesday when the Flyers are on that road trip and face the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, Drew will be in the lineup coming up this week for the Florida Panthers. Uh, Phil Myers, former Flyer, was also put on waivers. Uh, by the Nashville Predators. So we'll see if the Flyers decide to pick him up. He is a right shot, right side defenseman. And obviously the, the Flyers uh, don't have a lot of that right now, especially with Ryan Ellis injured. Uh, we'll see if that's a possibility. But in this episode, to handle all of this news and more, let's get to the man right now. You read his work on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. It is Bill Meltzer and Bill. There's plenty to discuss. Yeah, uh, it's certainly been a, uh, you know, a, a they, things are not the same as they were, you know, and, you know, I mean, we, we all, we knew that, uh, we knew Thursday night was going to be the end of an era and mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And, you know, then it remains to see how the future will, will take shape. So it's been, uh, it's been a whirlwind of emotions and, you know, pretty, uh, kind of bittersweet actually. Yeah, it has been. Um, we're going to get to Thursday night, but we got to start with the biggest news that happened yesterday. And that of course is the, you know, the culmination of a trade for Claude Giroux. He's headed to Florida uh, to play with the Panthers on a playoff run to try, try and go win a cup. The Flyers send Giroux, Bunneman, Rupsev, uh, a 2024 fifth-round pick to Florida in exchange for Owen Tippett, who was taken back in the, oh, I want to say, 2017 draft. Is that right? Yeah, 10th yeah. yeah. yeah, overall uh, by the Florida Panthers. They also get the first-round pick in the 2024 draft and a 2023 third-round pick. Uh, your initial thoughts on the deal um, upon uh, culmination of it? Well, I mean, if you if you look at just look at the components without context to it, I mean, obviously it's not a not a deal that's going to wow you. You know, the first round pick is well down the road. Um, Florida didn't have a first rounder in 2022 or 2023. Um, you know, they they get a they get a guy who has upside but hasn't really. You know, hasn't really blossomed at the NHL level to this point. Um, same draft as, as Morgan Frost. Both were 2017 first-round picks. Actually, they were line mates for Team Canada at the World Juniors. Um, so, I mean, it's a guy who you're you're hoping blossoms. Sometimes, you know, sometimes uh, wingers, you know, like the bigger wingers sometimes blossom a little bit later on. Um, that's that's your hoping here. There's no there's no guarantees. And otherwise, the Flyers, uh, you know, it was a couple of contracts of guys who they might not or probably would not have given qualifying offers to. So it opens up contract spaces right now to sign a couple of their, you know, of their collegiate guys um, or and or you know, junior guys who they want to get signed uh, to entry level deals. Um, you know, so we we can break it down any number of ways. Just on the just on the surface of the trade. You know, I mean, it, it's not going to wow anybody. Yeah. But then I think, Jason, we have to talk about the context of it, too. Yeah, I think that's the most important element of this. And, um, you know, like I see the trade and I go, OK, I much would have preferred 
instead of the 2024 first round pick to, to get another prospect closer to playing in the NHL than that pick. And, but Bill Zito is no fool. And, you know, I had somebody text me earlier and say, and I said to him, I said, you know, Drew, that's where he wanted to go. And when a player in his situation makes up their mind, everybody else, every other possibility becomes a non-possibility. So Colorado, when he made up his mind that, okay, things are close and I'm going to go to Florida, that's all he's waving for at that point. And Bill Zito knows that. And he loses, Chuck Fletcher loses a lot of hand because of that. And there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah, it, it, uh, it was a poorly kept secret, actually, within, within the last few weeks. I think even you go back to, to about a month ahead of the trading deadline, maybe just after the All-Star break. It sounded like it was becoming a one-team thing. Yeah. That's why um, I kept saying Florida is the worst. <laughs> kind yeah, of I mean, it, it was you know, it was it was it was a very poorly kept secret. Yeah, um, I mean, it was it was out there in multiple places. Now the Flyers, you know, were listening to offers. Um, they were working with uh, Pat Brisson, and you know, hey, is, would Kobe willing to go here or there? And it sounded like for a while he was thinking about Colorado as well as Florida, but he zeroed in. He zeroed in in Colorado, and or rather, he's already zeroed in on Florida. And ultimately, I mean, as it got closer. That's the only place he would consider. Yep. And, you know, from, you know, from a lot of the rumblings you hear, you know, the Flyers circled back and, you know, would you, would you open up the field a little bit more? Would you consider it? You know, if, if, if we could get a better deal somewhere else, hey, it's where Claude wanted to go. He, he was honed in on one market. You know, I, I guess the one thing you hope for is that it's a little better kept secret. You know, back in 2007, uh, the late Don Baisley and Peter Forsberg, they had honed in on Nashville as where they where he wanted to go, you know. Then, but nobody knew it, yeah. you know. Nobody nobody outside the people immediately in that room knew it. So the Flyers were able to play off. I mean, they, got, they got offers from San Jose, and they were able to, you know, bring in an offer from Boston or wherever, you know, so that they were able to increase the value. And then ultimately, it became a, a became, became a huge trade. I mean, it was a, a franchise changing trade in that. You know, they flipped the first round pick they got right back to Nashville and they got, you know, they got Hardin on team in and out. They didn't have the opportunity to do that. With, yeah, with this it. is – and in this situation too, you know, once you, he has his mind made up that he's going to go there, initially I think he was considering Colorado, maybe considered yep. St. Louis. Um, but obviously zeroed in on Florida. And when, when that happens and look at, you know, agents and general managers – they need to find out this information. They need to know what kind of hand they have. And Chuck, it's not as simple as Chuck Fletcher saying, well, I got an offer here from Colorado. This is what it is. You got to beat it because that general manager could then pick up the phone and call the general manager in Colorado and find out if that's legit, (laughs) you know, and and Sack could go, I've offered him nothing of the sort. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to, you know, you have to have willingness on, on every party's part to complete the due diligence and, you know, I mean, I said with uh, with the Forsberg situation, is that what I could liken this to a little bit? You know, the uh, I mean, Peter privately had, had told Paul Holmgren that uh, you know I'm, I'm Nashville's where I want to go. Yeah. Do do what you need to do to get me to Nashville, but you know, but that, that's where I want to go. But they but they so Cummer was able to you know play off other offers and you know and there was always the the door wasn't totally closed, right? I think I think the door might not have been totally closed on Colorado till some later point, but it was pretty it was pretty well honed in on Florida, Florida only. I mean, 
there might have been one other possibility that under certain circumstances he might have thought about. But, you know, there, there was that. And then, you know, I guess the way this ended up going a little bit more was a kind of a better version of the Simone Gagne trade. Yeah. Because, you know, after 2009-10, the, you know, the, the Flyers had, they had to shed some salary cap space. Um, they had the big deals that were kicking in, you know, on, 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 on Richards and Carter. And, uh, you know, they, they, they were at risk of going over the cap. Um, but they were able to do, you know, they were able to, to ask around about Gagne. And, you know, this isn't a secret because uh, the late G, Jay Greenberg had this in his book, Flyers at 50. Boston offered Tim Thomas straight up for Simone Gagne uh, that summer. But Simone, uh, that, it's funny because Simone ended up finishing his career with Boston. Yeah. But at that time, you know, he and his agent, Bob Sauvé, they wanted to go Tampa Bay. So that, you know, you can't force them. So the Flyers ended up with a much worse trade. You know, I mean, they, they ended up with uh, an injured Matt Walker and really nothing else. Yeah. And, you know, I, so, I mean. Thomas goes on to win a Vesna, a Conn yeah. Smythe, and a Cup right. in 2011. Right. And Gagne goes, to, goes on to win a Cup in L.A. And the Flyers got whatever, 20 games out of, out of Matt Walker and a long time on injured reserve, you know. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I, so it's, you know, it, it can work out. It can not work out. It, it, it is what it is. To me, first thing is that, that uh, you know, Giroux is 8.275 8. in cap space. Now, much of that is going to go to the raises for Couturier and for Farabee. Yeah. But I, I suspect the Flyers are going to make other moves this summer that will free up additional cap space. So, you know, we'll have to see how the pieces fit together by the end of it. You, you can't you can't with a straight face argue that the Flyers are a better hockey team today, tomorrow, the end of the season, you know, than than they were on on Thursday night or any time previously this season. They're, they're losing a they're losing an iconic player who still has something to offer. Uh, you know, a contending team. What they're getting in return is, is unknown. You have to see, you know, you have to see how it comes together and to what degree it comes together. And then the first round pick is you know two years further out. So it's uh, you know, so it's uh, it's a lot of waiting, and it's really more of okay, you know, as you're moving things around, how does it fit together? And I think that's that's really all you can say about it right now. Yeah, I mean, you get ended up with a first round pick and uh, a cl- pretty much ready prospect, although he's got some work to do, and we're going to talk about Owen Tippett in a second. And obviously, you get that third round pick in 2023. Uh, but I think what's th- th- really throwing the fan base for a curveball is that that picks in 2024. And you know the old joke: we're always two years away from being two years away, yeah. and 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 this pick literally is. I mean, people I think would have been elated if that was a 2023 first round pick, uh, but 2024 is a far way off. And you know, the part of the equation is Ben Sherratt and the trade they made for him because that took their 23 uh, first yeah. round pick away. Did that complicate matters here? You think? I think I think that figured in too. I think yeah. part of the Flyers' ask was that 2023 first rounder, and I know, you know, like a lot of organizations wanted. I mean, I think if it was 2022 or 2024, you take the 2022 just because the other one is so far down the line. It's weird for a GM to take one that far down the line because there's a chance he won't be here to use it. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, that's the thing, too. I mean, it's who who knows, you know, who knows what Florida will look like two years from now. Are you, you know, could it be the 12th pick of the draft? Could it be the, you know, could it be the 32nd pick? Who knows? That's it's so far down the road. You have no idea what that's going to you know, that's going to turn out to be. So, you know, unless you're getting multiple first rounders, 
you know, that's that's really, you know, it's, it's almost a, it's all, it's almost too far off to say, okay, that's a huge asset. It's just, you know, that's again, it just kind of, it kind of is what it is in the short term. The only other alternative was to say no deal. Yeah, and keep them, keep basically. Them. Yeah, and and, and then, you know, and then nothing. yeah, and then you know, then do you resign them? Yeah. Then you know what kind of, what kind of a term would it be? I mean, you know, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't even know how things, you know, how how much was explored down that avenue. I just would think that, given given how boxed in the Flyers were, I think that the uh, the alternative end game would have resulted in losing him for nothing yeah. as an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, my best word in a word to describe the deal is underwhelming. I, but I wasn't expecting to be overwhelmed. Uh, I wasn't expecting, you know, a lot of times you see a Drew and what he's done and his reputation and he will help a team, no doubt about it. But he is a 34 year old that was on an 8.275 AAV contract. They ate half of it, but, and is on an expiring deal. And the conversation about extending wherever he goes was not one that from what I understand was going to be happening. So I, I kind of, I didn't expect to, to put Drew out there and yield this monster haul. Cause I just, don't think that we've seen that. I mean, like you see the deal, the the Chicago deal for Hagel and th- what they got, but that's a different situation in a lot of ways. So was Sherratt because Sherratt was available to more teams. Yeah, that's that's that is the whole benefit of being able to play teams off yep. off of each other. Um, you know, you could even even look at the uh, you know look last off season. You know, with the with the Ristolainen trade, it wasn't the Flyers said, "Hey, let's trade a first round or a second rounder." And a roster player, that was the ask. And other teams met the ask. And the Flyers first rounder happened to be the earliest. So if you want the player, that's what happens when that's hap- what happens when you're bidding against other teams sometimes. Yeah. It drives you know? up the and price. It's, just, you know, it's yeah, it's uh, you know, that's 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 just the reality here. You can talk about okay, how do we get into this situation? And that's uh, you know, that, that's that's deconstructing this whole season all over again, which obviously yeah, is not that's gone. another episode. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a whole, that, that's a multiple episodes, honestly, after the season's over. Yeah. But I mean, they, the, the bottom line is they are where they are and you know, they did, they did the best they could under the circumstances. And I understand that's underwhelming. I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, that that's, I think that's anybody who's looking at it objectively is first blush is go, you know, in terms of value, it's, it is what it is. Due to the circumstances, it was going to be less than less than I think people would hope it would be. If uh, if there was a some kind of a, a, an extension involved proactively, even with Florida, I think that's a game changer too. Yeah. But then I think you are getting a and you know a prospect who's close to NHL ready, but you know maybe doesn't have the track record of struggling a little bit that Tippett has at this point. So you know I I, I think that might change things a little bit. It might have upgraded, get a, you know, a Dennis Stanko coming back. Yeah. You know, it said, it said that for, but it, that, that was just a reality. He's, he's a rental and Bill Zito's a savvy guy and he wasn't, he was only going to pay so much and there were no, there was no competition. So yeah. that's what it is. Um, let's talk about Tippett. Let's break down the player. Um, can me best case scenario for Owen Tippett at this point? Like I said, he was drafted back in the 2017 NHL entry draft, 10th overall uh, to Florida. Uh, he's 23 years old now. He will be, he just turned 23 in February. Um, so he's still a young man. Uh, he has not uh, played a lot of NHL games. He's played a decent amount, I guess. NHL totals of 94 games. He's got 14 goals, 19 assists, 33 points for the most part. He's played a lot of games uh, in the AHL. 
uh, over 12 games this season, 46 the year prior and just five before that. Uh, but overall, what are you getting in, in a guy like Owen Tippett? Uh, what is the best case scenario? And I think we all know the worst case scenario is that he just doesn't get up here and can't contribute in any way, shape or form. Well, best case scenario. If he, if he clicks, okay. If he clicks, you look at the things that, uh, Wade Allison does well, you know, shoot, tip it, shoot. shoot. He's a very, that's just a very good shooter. shooter he's yeah. also, he also, he also has better wheels. He's, he's yeah. a very good skater. So guy with a pretty good size frame has a heavy shot and is a good skater. That's why he was drafted where he was drafted. Um, is he a great two way player? No. Has he shown consistency? No. But he's shown hints of it. He's shown hints of ability. And, you know, some guys it clicks, some guys it doesn't. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a risk. I mean, that, you're, you're taking a, you're taking a chance on a guy with high upside who's still in his early twenties. And that's, you know, that, that's what it is. And, you know, he I've, wouldn't uh, be the first player to figure out it in his mid twenties though. <laughs> no, no, certainly not. I mean, how many, you know, how many, how many teams did Anthony declare bounce around to until he finally found a home. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you, you give a lot of examples. I mean, there are plenty of guys who were drafted highly and, you know, you just were frustrating prospects to follow. Um, you know, uh, actually the, I guess it was a weekend or two weekends ago, the Phantoms just played a back-to-back against Charlotte. And, uh, you know, they, I mean, Tippett dominated actually both of those games. Um, another guy, you, you, I mean, I think a lot of us who are watching those games are watching for him because his name was already out there in rumors. And Heponiemi's name at one point was out there in Flyers rumors too. And both guys are very impressive that weekend. Um, you know, with Tippett, it's just a question of can he bring it to the, to the NHL level? I don't, I don't know if he has the same. It's funny because he and, he and Allison are actually they, – they, they look alike. <laughs> it it's good. scary. Yeah, like uh, facially, they both have the, the red hair going. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, I mean, so, I mean, I, I'm, still, I'm still hopeful that Allison can get healthy and play a role on the team. You know, I, I think there's a there's always value, and teams will give a chance to a guy who both has pretty good size and can skate, and say you add a shot into it as well. But I mean, it, it's just that the progress has been slow, and it's been a lot of times one step forward, step and a half back. You know, so you're you're hoping it clicks. Well, I'm. Do we see him in a flyer uniform this season, Bill? I think so. I think is, so. Is that immediate? Do you think? I mean, is he in the lineup uh, come Tuesday when they start this road trip in Detroit? Uh, well, I, I mean, the, you know, the Flyers just put Jerry Mayhew in waivers. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I, I would assume that for purposes of sending him to the Phantoms, and there certainly is room. There certainly is room for Tippett. I mean, Tippett might just step right into that to that you know, left wing spot around the third line, and you know, you you look at him there because I don't think they're going to call Allison up immediately. He just got back in the lineup trying. Trying to get his uh, his conditioning back a little bit, trying to show he can stay healthy. Last time the Flyers probably brought him up a little too quickly. He got hurt in his first game back, and he's had all the injury issues. So I think Tippett will come right up. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm hoping to see him. I know Flyer fans. I saw somebody tweeted out, short of Tippett being on the ice tomorrow against the Islanders and scoring a hat trick, Flyer fans are not going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it'll be in the lineup tomorrow against the New York Islanders. Well, today that is, is when people are hearing this uh, at two o'clock. Uh, Bill, let's let's talk about the ceremony that took place on Thursday. You know, the, I thought that the organization hit a, an absolute home run with it. I thought everything that entire week from 
the stuff they had on social media behind the scenes with the you know his teammates and everything else, moments of his, the written stuff you had on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, uh, you know, 28 great Drew moments and all of those different things you put on. We had a lot of guests on Flyers Daily. I think it was just really classy the whole week, the way he handled it. And then obviously it culminated with that ceremony on Thursday night at the game for his thousandth. It was it was perfectly done. Perfectly done. He, you know, he got his family there. He got, you know, the I mean his teammates really, you know, his teammates really showed how much care they have for him, how much appreciation. Um, you know, the I mean he's not, you know, he's he's generally pretty stoic, at least publicly. Yeah. And you can see what he was doing, the the lap around the I mean, he was fighting back tears. He was oh, yeah. very emotional. So it was, you know, I mean, he he got he got a, a proper send off. Listen. When a guy has had the kind of career that he's had, he, you know, a player earns that right and that no movement clause. Drew didn't do anything wrong here. He wanted to go where he wanted to go. A yeah. player has to be, you know, it's, you know, to me, it's not really any different than, you know, when Matt Sundin ended up leaving. I mean, they leave, and actually Toronto ended up with nothing. But I mean, Sundin was such an iconic player, a hockey hall of famer, actually, yeah. for Toronto. And he wouldn't let them, you know, he, he blocked any moves, and they ended up signing with Vancouver, so they lost him for nothing. Players earn that right, is the point. And it's not a it's not a, a slide the organization or anything. It, it's a right, you know. They have to make they have to do what's right for themselves, the same as an organization has to do what's right for them. So I don't think that you know I don't think that this weekend I've I've seen a couple comments on Twitter. Well, both you know thanks for the goodbye, but I mean it, it's you know it just it's it's a business. It is it is what it is. At the end of the day, it's a business, but it's also one in which. This is somebody who's done an awful lot for this organization, an awful lot for this team through a number of years where it was the prime of his career and the organizational priority was to rebuild the farm system and leave just enough to, to be a playoff bubble team. And he to carry them there. <laughs> yeah. And he carried them there. He yeah. ca- the Flyers would, wouldn't have been anywhere near the playoffs in some of those years. Yeah. You know, so he was often spent by the end, by the end of the regular season. I mean, Giroux was always a really good playoff performer. Until 2016, up to 2014, I think he was second all time in, in playoff points per game. And even if you look at it in the whole weight of his career, I, you know, I think this says it all, right? Bobby Clark, 0.88 playoff points per game for his career. Drew, 0.86. It's virtually the same thing. Yeah. yeah you know, it's been a better teams, <laughs> better teams. Before. Yeah. Yeah. He certainly didn't have the supporting cast that uh, Bob Clark had in yeah. the 70s and early 80s, uh, for sure. Y- you know, the, the ceremonies and everything. And, you know, you could definitely sense, and I talked to Claude, the, the word that I've been using is conflicted was yeah. a, about this whole thing. Didn't want to leave genuinely loves the team, the city, the fans, and didn't, didn't want to be in this position to have this happen. Um, so the question of does he return is on a lot of people's mind. Uh, I'm still of the belief that even if he says he wants to return Thursday night after that ceremony and everything, when you yeah. get to the new place and the freshness of a new place and your situation personally in a new place where you're not carrying the burden of your past, you're just carrying everything forward. I, I think that's when that's when the people's mind starts to change that I can play this and I don't have to be the, the guy on the marquee and answer all the questions all the time. Uh, I could just go be a hockey player and not the spokesperson as well. Uh, so I think it's unlikely that he resigns here. And obviously, if they won a cup, that maybe that makes it different. I don't know. But overall, what do you think the chances are that he does return here to Philadelphia? I, I think typically once the player is out the door, he's out the door. Mm-hmm. 
And I think the team know, needs that too, Bill. I think yeah. that they need to, I think the team, as much as he was a really good player this year, I think it's better for everybody else in that room that he, they, they part ways for good because I think they need to forge a new for a new future and you can't bring back the past to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's some, there's something else too, you know, and I think this is part of truthfully part of why he locked in on the Florida Panthers. Um, it's it, another very poorly kept secret is that he's, he's going to Florida and he's going to play a wing on Barkov's line. Cool. So he's still going to be a central piece on that team up near the top of the lineup. Just, you know, obviously with a, you know, I mean, his name will be under Barkov's and Huberto in terms of roster depth, but he's still playing up at the top of the lineup. Yeah. If, if he would have gone other places, you know, he might've been on the third line. Yeah. Uh, you know, other, other, yeah. And, and so, you know, I mean, he's always, he was always the guy, the, the guy here Thursday night. He was still the guy here. Right. It's a, uh, at some point a player accepts a lesser role. I don't, I don't think Claude is going to accept immediately accept a lesser role. And in Florida, he can still be one of the guys at the top, but, but on a team that can win. Whereas I think in, you know, I mean, in Colorado, once, once they're healthy, once Landis Gog is healthy, whatever, he wasn't playing on the top line there. They had their top line is set, right? Uh, maybe, maybe he would play with Kadri. I don't know. But the, the point, the point being that he'd be down a little bit further in their depth chart. So that, I, I think that played into. Yeah. I, and look, everybody listening to this podcast knows how I feel about him as a player. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a guy that I, I mean, I defended on the radio for years and years and years, obviously. And I, I think it's best for the organization to sever the tie and to move forward. Um, and it's not because I don't think he can still play. I, I think he can, I know he can. And I think the reason to what you were just talking about, Bill, is that he wants to go on a team and have a more elevated role like Florida. And that's certainly probably the reason why he honed in on that a little closer. It wasn't just geography or just the team's chances because Colorado's as good as anybody. Uh, But the competitor in him wants to be more responsible for the result that could follow. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't think he, I don't think being the competitor that he is, he would want to go to a situation where, he, he is that third line guy and the piece that's added in. And, you know, I mean, nothing to be riding anybody's coattails, wherever, wherever he goes, they're going to need, you know, they're going to need some playoff production. He's, he's going to have to win key faceoffs. He might still get some PK duty, particularly in the playoffs. I mean, he'll, he'll earn his keep wherever he goes, but it's, uh, you know, but to be, to be part of the core for, even if it's just on a rental basis, I think was important to him. And that, that's just in line with the player that he's always been. I mean, I, I have a lot of admiration and respect for, for Claude Giroux. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's sad to see him go. It is. It's, it's the end of an era. I mean, I remember covering him in his first year and I did pretty much every one of his games in the NHL. It's nuts. Um, you know, the other thing is they have some other players, unrestricted free agents that have been, I guess, on the back burner, at least of our brains. And I was texting with uh, somebody earlier today. I said, have you heard anything about Braun? And he said, I totally forgot about Braun. I said, well, hopefully Chuck didn't forget about Braun because there's a market for him. Yeah. Um, so so Braun, Broussard, maybe Keith Yandel uh, are options here at the deadline. And, you know, you never know. You could see a hockey trade. I think that's unlikely if it involving anybody like Konechny, Provorov, Sanheim, the names that people have been throwing around out there. And we're, I was asked about on yesterday's Flyers Daily. But uh, – you hear anything on the Braun front and then any of the other players that maybe a rental that teams are interested in? 
I've heard, uh, I've heard there are several teams that have interest in, in Braun. So there's, uh, I mean, you're not getting a first round pick for Justin Braun, but you, you know, you might be able to get a second, um, you know, or a second and a fourth or something like that. And, uh, you know, I mean, because he's still, you know, he'd still be way up in a team's PK rotation. He can still play 20 minutes if you need him to. I mean, that's not his ideal role in a lineup anymore. You know, he, he did it without complaining at all this year. I, I mean, I actually thought, I actually thought Braun's been pretty steady this year. He's, He's not a guy you want on the top pairing at this point in his career, but he doesn't hurt you wherever you put him. And, you know, he, he's just a set him and forget him kind of def- veteran defenseman yeah. um, has a winner's attitude. You know, I mean, uh, you know, listen, if he wasn't getting up in his, his mid thirties at this point, I think he's 35, 36, 35. Then, um, yeah. You know, so, you know, I, I resign him for another year, but I mean, it just makes sense to move him. Um, you know, at this point. So I, I, would, I would actually be surprised if Braun is not moved. Um, I think there's a chance of moving Broussard because, you know, since, I mean, it took him a little time to work up to it once he, because if you remember, Broussard only played one game in December, one game in January, uh, one one game in February till, the, till like the end of the month. And now that he's been back healthy a little bit, you know, he's had some good games recently, has a ton of playoff experience. So you're not going to get any kind of, you know, any kind of big return, but you could, you could get a pick for him. Uh, you could get something for him, and I think you get something for Martin Jones too. I think yeah. you, teams look for goaltending depth, and again, it's not gonna not gonna wow anybody, but he's the guy who could be moved. Um, you know, Yandel Yandel actually has a no trade. Um, uh, I I mean, theoretically, he could be moved. I don't think he's going to be. I think he'll finish the season here and then reevaluate where he is. You know, where he is in his career, but. Uh, yeah, so I mean, the, but those 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 three, uh, Broussard and um, Braun and Jones, I could see being moved. Yeah, uh, and to me, yeah, Braun's if he's on your third pair and he's got a young left shot guy on his side, that's a good combination. Oh so yeah. Let, uh, one of the other pieces of news that came out yesterday is that former Flyer, and we just saw him the other night, he scored a goal against the Flyers on Thursday in Drew's one thousandth game, number fifty-five, Phil Myers. And he gets waived by the Nashville Predators. Um, first of all, are you shocked that he got waived? Because, I mean, David Poyle makes that deal with Nolan Patrick and, and Phil Myers. Yeah. They quickly fi- flip Patrick uh, to Vegas. They get Cody Glass, who, I mean, they basically got nothing in return here for Ryan Ellis. Flyers didn't get a whole lot either. They got four games at this point. Yeah. Uh, but are you surprised that they waived uh, Phil Myers? And is this a possibility that the Flyers could claim Phil Myers? No, it caught me. It did catch me by surprise. Me too. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I, this this is crazy. But if you think about, go back to after the playoffs in the bubble, and uh, particularly early on in the playoffs, uh, because early in the playoffs, everybody was talking about, oh my goodness, Sanheim and uh, you know Sanheim and Myers look so good together. They're they're really you know, and then the, down the stretch, I mean, there was that game. I remember a game particularly where they just shut down Ovechkin. Yeah. You know, um, so January that's on his side of the ice, too. Yeah. Uh, right. Yep. January 2001. We're talking about is Braun ready to move up to the top pair with Profarov? Yeah. March 2022. He's on waivers. Yeah. You met you right. met Myers there, not Braun. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I, met, I met Myers. Yeah. 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 Correct. Um, yeah. So, you know, that, that talking about a guy who a, a year later has fallen that far and he couldn't he couldn't stay in the lineup there. Uh, I mean, there are. There are a lot of questions about Phil's hockey sense. Yeah. In that, uh, 
you know, makes the same mistakes over and over and over again. That's how we ended up on waivers. Still, still surprised me just because of his degree of athleticism at that size. You know, a guy as big as he is who can skate like he can, you know, has a, has a very heavy right-handed shot. His problem is the release. It takes him too long to get rid of the puck, so he gets a lot of them blocked or fires them into shin pads and they go back for two-on-ones. And, you know, and we saw we saw the we saw his first goal of the season. We also saw him through, make three turnovers in, in one shift, too. Yeah. So, you know, but a, but a, but in a third line pairing kind of situation to me, you know, uh, I I would I would do it. I know there's a hefty cap hit for for a, you know, for a third pair guy. If if you think if you think Braun is getting moved though, and he probably is, you know, you're talking about a 750,000 cap hit difference and I think one more year left on on yeah. Braun's contract. So, you know, or on, yeah, Braun's unrestricted rather, and, and Myers has another year left. At two, yeah, two point five five. Yeah, two two five five. So, you go another year out with them. If it's still not clicking, you you walk away because there's going to be a replacement cost with Braun anyway. I don't think they think you know whether it's right or whether it's wrong. I don't think they think Zamula is immediately ready to challenge, and I think um, I think York is up here to stay regardless. Yeah. So. So I think that uh, you know, so there, there to me, there's room for a Phil Myers, and it's not so expensive that uh, you know, the deal oh, it's, it's prohibitive. I I would seriously look at it. I'd consider it. Clean. Yeah, and there's no cost per acquisition. Correct. Yeah, there, you're not exactly. You're not dealing a pick. You're not dealing anything. You're just yeah. taking in the contract. Uh, and, and it's a player you know too, so that'll go into the evaluation of of doing that. And the, and the other part of it is he can play the right side. And yeah. I mean, you, you don't have a lot of depth on that right side. I had a guy tweet me yesterday and say, I, I want to see the, the young guys. I want to see Zamula. And I go, well, Zamula's a left shot. He goes, yeah. well, good players can play both sides. And that's not necessarily true. <laughs> no, I mean, no. Pro, you know, like Provorov only wants to play the left, for example. Yeah. York, York until recently had never played the left side. Yeah. Um, so, and he's still adjusting to it. Um I, Zamula can play a little bit on either side, but I mean, you know, but they're, they're adjustments and, you know, I mean, I, I, it would be, it would be great if he comes in ready to challenge for a spot. I mean, the Flyers also have to figure out, you know, extending connect or extending Sanheim um, because he's unrestricted after next year too. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, so I, I think bringing in a known quantity, third line role, right-handed shot, you know, let, youngsters can push for ice time and we'll, we'll see how that all, how all that plays out. And you're not, uh, you know, you could, you could do a lot, a lot worse than Phil Myers as your seventh. He's just kind of an expensive number seven too. It's just, you know, it's just a, to me, not a ton of risk and there's still a little bit of upside there. So I, I think you, I think you can do both things. I, you know, I don't think they're expecting, you know, Ronnie Adder who will be signed and in, in almost all certainty. I don't think they're expecting Adder just to step right into the NHL. Yeah. So. If the Flyers don't claim them, and they'll have probably the fourth opportunity, the fourth team to get an opportunity to claim them, if it goes to them, if they don't claim them, and it gets all the way to Pittsburgh, I imagine maybe Ron Hextall will claim them. I would not surprise me one bit. Hexy was me the guy either. who who signed them as a free agent after he wasn't drafted. Yeah, who kind of you know was patient with him through the system up into the NHL level. Well, there was a lot of fan pressure at some points to to bring to bring Myers up. You know, and he he kind of waited it out till he thought he was ready. I mean, you you saw that they you know they they jumped at Mark Friedman when they had yeah. they're going to jump at Friedman. They would certainly jump at uh, 
jump at Myers, who has higher upside. So that's yeah, that 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 is certainly a possibility if he's still hanging around on the wave on waivers tomorrow. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Pittsburgh claimed him. Yeah, I, I'll be surprised if he doesn't get claimed by some team because you know when you look back at his arc of development, it was on a real nice path, but then all of yeah. a sudden, um, it really hit the skids. And you know, GMs will see if they can. He's got that athletic ability, but you're right, just doesn't think the game well, and he's got every tool in the toolbox. It's just a question of putting it together between the years as well. Bill, this was great as always. We'll uh, the uh, Bill Meltzer segment for this week is going to be Tuesday's episode. So once the trade deadline's completed, we will tape it Monday night, and it'll be available for Tuesday. So things a little off on the week on the schedule, but uh, thanks for doing this, Bill, on a Saturday night, and uh, everybody hearing this on a Sunday. Uh, Flyers and Islanders today will break it down coming up in tomorrow's episode, but in the meantime, everybody enjoy your Sunday, and uh, we'll check you out next time on a brand new Flyers Tale. Miami, the city that keeps the roof blazing. Party in the city where the heat is on.